Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to part two of The Rhythm of Life with myself, Otima Busa, and the incredible Willem and Latrice Royale. Now, Willem, I heard something very interesting about you, that you were in a music band called Transcontinental. Yeah, uh, Trans K was a band that we had a residency at the House of Blues, which is like, it used to be a big club in LA where, you know, Dolly Parton and like White Snake and everybody famous would come and perform. It was on the Sunset Strip. It was amazing. It's now it's now condos, of course. Um, yeah. But it was me and Detox and Kelly Mantle and Vicky Vox and all these great people. And every month we would have like guest stars come and join us. We had Adam Lambert. We had uh, Richard O'Brien who wrote Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Linda Perry from Four Non Blondes. We had the guy from the Ramones, Dee Dee Ramone. And, like, so we got to perform with so many legends, and we did mashups. We would do, like, Born This Way with, like, Material Girl and, like, just mash up all these great songs. Rihanna with, like, Seven Nation Army. Like, so many cool things. And um, it kind of spawned a satellite band with Vicky Vox and Detox. And we had some parody songs that were really popular, like Boys of Bottom, um, and Chow Down, which was about this hateful chick- chicken company in uh, Los Angeles. And how long did you do it for? Um, I was in the band for probably like three years total. Um, they never really paid us. We got paid for like two gigs, but like we got so many drink tickets and it was so much fun. Um, <laughs> and like we were superstars, like to be able to have a residency at the biggest club. And then finally we were like, um, are they ever going to give us some scratch? Never. <laughs> Um, and then that was the first time I did cocaine too. We were at Palm Springs Pride and the night before they were like, here, do this. And I was like, I don't, I just drink. And then the next day we had our only paying gig ever really. And I couldn't sing. I was like, nobody told me about the drip. So after that, I looked to God and I was like, God, give me this one. And at that point, the sky started to open and it was pouring. And they're like, Okay, we can't we can't have you go on anymore because all the equipment's wet and you could get electrocuted. It's a safety hazard. But then they still paid us. So I was oh, like, okay, yeah. God, God, I see you. This is my one. I will never do cocaine again. And I haven't. So so obviously you have a passion for singing and performing. And narcotics. <laughs> yeah. When did you when did you start singing? Um, y'all could my parents couldn't shut me up as a kid. I was always singing and playing around and putting on, I would like go around to my neighbors and say, I'm doing a play, come over and watch it, it's this day. And then they knock on the door, my parents are like, we're here for the play. And I wouldn't even be home, I just scanned them for money. Like $10 a ticket, I literally would do that as a kid. I was just like, and it's not that I was trying to scam them, it's just that I forgot. And I was like, oh yeah, I needed the money. Um, but I've always been a singer and dancer and that's one of the things that connected me with Latrice was on our season of Drag Race one of the challenges that we won was like this singing and dancing challenge that like 
everybody else on the show, like really put in a lot of effort and tried so hard. And for us, it kind of came natural. We were just like, yeah, let's just give them a little wiggle and a giggle. Boom, done. And we won. I was going to say, Latrice on RuPaul, you were amazing. I mean, I feel like both of you kind of left. It's important to stick out, but it's more impressive when you leave a legacy, when when you've done it for so many years, but people still want to see you. You travel internationally to countries all over the world and you do a show. Uh, Latrice, how was it doing RuPaul and being able to sing and dance? Just do what you do on a bigger platform. Well, the 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 dancing part was what I do. I I had not sang uh, since I was a little kid, you know, mm. prior to that, and so uh, it it was definitely uh, I felt out of my comfort zone. But I was with a pro. I was with Willem, and the one thing we are are entertainers and performers and professionals, and so like, but we didn't even really, really like rehearsed that much we talked through what we were gonna do and yeah. then executed it yeah everybody else was staying up all night and rehearsing and losing sleep and we we're like uh well we didn't have even practice yet <laughs> I, I remember the most you said to me is girl put some more pink in that eye that's it put a little more pink in that yeah and we looked great and it was just like it came naturally to us and we just i don't know we we kind of clicked i guess <laughs> what was your favorite challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race? The one that she almost won, but I you won. You were first and second. Yeah, yeah, the boat challenge. Mine too. And the worst? Oof. The magazine one. Because I gave, hated that one. They gave us these graphic designers that yeah. didn't know how to use a Mac. They only knew how to use Windows. Yeah. We were like, just move. Let us do it. Me and, <laughs> me and a couple of other girls. And they're like, no, you can't. So mine came out boo-boo. And I, I knew the writing was on the wall that I was going to be lip syncing. And I was like, I see everybody. I won the last episode and now you're doing this. It was all rigged, but I didn't give a fuck. I beat the bitch. The girl that I had to lip sync against, her dress broke. Nobody would give her a safety pin. So I gave her one that was holding the crotch together on mine. And I pinned it into her hair a little bit. She stayed in one spot, did a park and bark. And uh, my, I didn't wear any panties. So like my coochie's all out. I'm singing and dancing. The song was terrible. It was a country song called Me Vida Loca. And it was the worst. It was the absolute worst performance I've ever done. And I'm still unproud of it. <laughs> As you should be. What was your least favorite, Latrice? Shut up. You had to watch it. Oh, I didn't like the bitch ball. The part I didn't like is that they gave us this extra variable by giving us actual dogs to have to look, af- look after <laughs> while we're trying to pull three looks together and babysit a dog that we're supposed to be walking down the runway. And when I tell you all three of them dogs were like, we're not going, bitch. No, <laughs> no, we ain't. No. How are you going to bring a Pomeranian that's used to being carried <laughs> to walk on a leash for the first time on TV? If y'all don't get it together, I was like, what? <laughs> now, now, one of the most iconic ones they have is the Snatch Game. The Snatch Game, I feel like now, now, in recent more years, it kind of means you've made it a certain 
part of the competition. Level. You've made it. Yeah, you've made it to, to the top. But what is it about the, the Snatch game that people are either... They do really well or they do really bad. <laughs> really bad. There's no in-between. Um, it's because, number one, it's a three, like, you film for like two, three hours. It's a oh. long process. And so what you see on TV is just a snippet of what is a long filming moment. Mm. And so you have to stay in character that entire time and be able to be on and on the fly and make up jokes and re- reply and be snappy. And that is challenging in itself. Especially if you're trying to do character work that you ain't got no business doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I I was already doing um the the snatch game kind of thing with something called the mismatch game ah. at the L.A. Gay and Lesbian Center for like five years prior to it. They they do the same thing, but with like L.A. comedians, and it's all for charity. And I I still do it to this day. I've been doing it like 13 years, but um. The, the guy who produces that for the Gay and Lesbian Center was on set when I walked out. And I was like, oh, I got mm. this. So, like, I just, I was already prepared. I had my little cardboard cut out. And when the, when the questions got a little crazy and people in on cast were acting stupid in the front, I basically yeah, just yeah. hit it. I was like, I'm leaving. I'm going to Macy's as Shit. Jessica Simpson. And then I left for like two question, two or three questions, and then finally they were like, "You need to go back. We're ending." And I was like, <laughs> "But it, it was it was hard to compete with people who didn't know how to like give everybody their own little shine moment." And uh, mm. it it was a, it was a tough challenge, but I think we did good. We were in the top, weren't we? I was. You were. I was safe, uh, but that was my meltdown moment. I was. Honestly, yeah. And the next day, like, she read everybody and told them what to do. Like, it was... <laughs> and and it was weird because, like, certain people wouldn't take responsibility and ownership of what they were doing. And mm-hmm. then some of them started coming for the other people who were doing it. And we were like, wait, no, you were one of the bitches doing it. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, the level of delusion was grand, honey. And grand with an E. With a big E on the end for error. <laughs> Now, now, in your opinion, on a show as as loved as RuPaul, what do you need to do to to stay long and to stand out? Make RuPaul laugh. Ah. Yeah. If you entertain That's RuPaul, good. she'll want to keep you around. That's all you got to do. Keep you around. Your drag can be yeah. boo boo. You could be gut bucket. But if you're making RuPaul laugh and giving her good TV, and the ping pong volley is there, you'll stick around for at least uh, till top five or four. Yeah. Wow. And let's talk about the bottom two moments because they look scary. They look like it's intense. And and I don't know if you guys shot it because I did one of the shows. And how does it feel being in those moments? How does it feel being in the in those moments where where they go, you are in the bottom two and you have to dance for your life, lip sync for your life? I was only in the bottom once. I won and then I went home. So I'm a very unique case. <laughs> yeah. But no, it is. It's intense, but that's the moment that you're like, okay, this is what I do. Mm. And this is the time to show that you show y'all exactly what I do and why I'm here. Mm. And so you take that opportunity to showcase your true talent. And as I did. So sometimes the bottom is not necessarily a bad thing because that's your calling card. Ultimately, the clubs are going to book you. The promoters are going to want to book you if they see that you're going to wow the crowd. Mm. And and behind the scenes where people don't see, does it get... Do, do people show their real colors when they're not on camera? 
a lot of the times. On camera, off camera, you see it, uh, especially during our season. We were very transparent. Uh, and I have yes. to say that. Like, season four, that was the, like, real turning point for the, the show, I think, because all of us came from unique backgrounds and we were very strong in our message and our vision of what our drag was and our aesthetic. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, we didn't have a problem checking the bitch. I love that. I, I think that we were good archetypes for reality TV. We were all like very like individual and um, the people that you saw act how they did. That was them off camera too. Um, wow. But I, any reality TV show, you know that it's a little bit, you know, uh, mocked up. Uh, there were definitely some shenanigans on the producer side. I wish it could have been more real in that sense, but I knew what I was signing up mm. for. I tried to lip sync for one girl once, and RuPaul didn't even look at me, and she just said, you're going off script, darling. And then I was like, bye. <laughs> now, after after amazing show like RuPaul, you now have the attention of the world looking at you. What's next? What do you do next? What's the first step out of RuPaul? The way I look at it is RuPaul, the Drag Race is like a great springboard into like this pool. And then once you're in the pool, you can't swim up to the bar. You got to do laps and keep swimming. Mm. And like say yes when people ask you to be on a podcast. Say yes and yes. And like just try to try to make a mark for yourself. I'm hoping they do a Star is Born Part 2, Shangela's Reckoning. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that, that gig for me, that was great because I sat – in like the 11th row at the premiere and the person one seat in front of me and one seat to the left was RuPaul. So wow. like for me, that was my full circle moment. Like, yeah, I don't need your show, honey. Thank you so much. But like after you, I've made my mark and I did exactly what you would have done. I didn't take no shit from nobody mm -hmm. and I still made it. Oh, that's amazing. And how do you feel about that, Latrice? What, what are the, the next steps or the thoughts after Drag Race? Well, um, just like I have to echo what, what I'm saying, like it's a springboard, it's a platform, but that is not the, the goal. That is not the end game. The work comes after the show and you should have already been preparing while you were on the show what mm. you were going to do next. And it's always you have to be um, ahead of the curve. And if you don't, you're going to get swallowed up and left behind because these there's 12 or 14 more girls coming right behind mm. you who are all trying to get that next place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you don't have a business savvy mind, if you're not smart, if you don't know how to um, navigate and, and progress, you will yeah. get lost in the shuffle. And that's why so many girls, you're like, oh, who? Oh, she was a Oh, what season was she? You know, yeah. that those girls. But then you have the girls that just roll off the top of your tongue, like Willem, Shangela, Latrice, Alaska, Bianca, Adore, I, I, Courtney. I can keep on going. You know what I mean? And yeah. those girls, are these are the ones who are doing great things outside of the show. You know yeah. what I mean? The RuPaul's Drag Race was cute, but now you're seeing them in mainstream. You're seeing them on different television shows and movies, on big films. So that's the goal. I absolutely love that. Now, if you look back at your lives and you've seen everything that you've been through, how would you describe the rhythm of your life? Well, it was like, um, you know, even when I was in prison, I knew that I was going to be destined for greatness. I knew that this moment in my life was just mm -hmm. the 
uh, wake-up call I needed. I knew that I had to pay attention and become galvanized and ready to conquer any and everything that come my way. And so I had a plan to do just that. And luckily, RuPaul's Drag Race came on like three years after I uh, was released and I was still in the stages of rebuilding my life. I had very little. Um, I was still living with roommates, you know, that kind of situation, but I was starting to rebuild my life. And um, now here I am. And it's like all of that just um, gave me the drive uh, to never go back to where I, I was. You know, once you've lost everything um, that you loved, including your mother, um, all at once, you know, you that's the darkest time ever. And I just refuse to ever go back again. Yeah. So don't be a victim. Don't yeah. ever be a victim of your circumstances. Yeah. And what are the, the five most things that you would say that you are most grateful for? Uh, the, the number one thing that I'm most grateful for is uh, my mind. My mother always taught me that like, uh, they can take anything from you, but they can't take what's inside your mind mm. and what's inside your heart. So just knowing that my being and my soul is, is good. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the best and most highest valued, uh, commodity that I own and possess that no one else can have access to. And so that's it. That's, that's it. Those two things. That's all I need. And I'm good. Yeah. I love that. And for you, Willem, how would you describe the rhythm of your life? Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm a, a workaholic. I like to work and I like to entertain and I'm, um, I'm selfish in the fact that I do it because my favorite sound is laughter and applause. Like I, I really like to make people's day better somehow if I can. And um, this past year I've learned a lot, like having to sit down with God making me go like, Nope, you're down. And yeah. I really think that I came out of the quarantine, a better person. I did a lot of fundraising with um, Alaska, my co-host on my podcast. We've raised like almost 130 grand for all these different charities, BLM and trans lives and all these things. And I'm glad that like I've used my time wisely while like we were struggling to help other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I took, a I took a page out of like, you know, the, the Christian handbook and I've been of service to others. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I don't, I don't know why I do it. Maybe because it makes me feel better, but for whatever reason, I'm still doing it. So I don't care. Um, and, the five favorite things I think are like my shoes, um, uh, my friends and my family, my wigs, and um, glitter. <laughs> glitter. Those are the things you're grateful for. I actually am disappointed. I, I, I actually thought that the two of you would include the British weather and the things that you're most grateful for. Leave meeting. <laughs> Hope everybody else listening joins in and goes and watch Death Drop at the Garrick Theatre. DeathDropPlay.com uh, Thank you so much for joining me on The Rhythm of Life. I really, really appreciate it and I love getting to know you. It's been an absolute privilege for me. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 